And here we are. We are in the Anything But Quiet Time podcast mode. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Which means that we get to talk about what we've been going through in our own personal quiet times. And hopefully, would you do us a favor, by the way? You can email us. And maybe in the subject heading, put Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Sure, yeah. But you can email us, morningshow at ksbj.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question or you'd like to comment or perhaps there's a series that's been meaningful to you. We would love to hear from you. Uh, And if you want to leave a rating. I mean, we do appreciate that. And you you can leave a comment or a question there as well. We always love uh, acknowledging that. And that's at hopeondemand.com. You can do that. Yeah, that's right. Or on your Apple podcast or whatever. And um, I do want to say we will have more info next week, but we have an idea for a a Christmas (gasps) series. I'm really excited about it. We're not going to say too much. You see, this is the thing. We bring it up, and Rochelle's just going to let the cat out of the no, bag. No, I'm not going to let But it does have to do with your favorite Christmas movies uh-huh. and Jesus' quiet time. That's pretty much the whole idea. No, it's not. We're going to explain right. what. We'll have more, we'll have more, uh, <laughs> more ideas uh, or more, more clarity next week. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for spending your time hitting that play button. And um, yeah, Rochelle, I mean, we can talk about ourselves. R- Rochelle, you have been in Houston for seven years. You got two boys. It's you got a couple. Eight years. A couple of puppy dogs. Got a couple of puppy dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thor. Thor is our hero dog and he's a chihuahua. So it's ironic. His name is Thor. Yeah. But um, we met him uh, was about a year ago, and he came into the neighborhood. Never thought I wanted a chihuahua in my life. Never. Even, like, after Thor is gone, I don't think we'll ever go there. Okay. I don't know. Sure. He's so small, and you're like, am I going to break him? Yeah. But uh, this little guy is tough because I think he was nine years old when he came into the neighborhood, and he was emaciated, and we noticed something was going on with his jaw, completely broken shattered the bones in mm. his jaw and it's been that way for years uh when we took him to the vet and they said this dog is perfectly healthy and we're like are you serious and he feels no pain because of that i feel like his his tolerance for pain is yeah. super high yeah um so yeah he's a champion and the coolest chihuahua ever and then we've got lady who's a dachshund a lady what is that a dog. dachshund and what it's a beagle and ah. a dachshund okay Okay. Yeah. Cute dog. Cute dog. And then my two boys, of course, 15, 12 years old. I can't believe how big they are. You named your dogs. You didn't name your kids. (laughs) I I don't. I think like that's, I don't know. That's just what, isn't that how we protect our children? I'm not going to give their names. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. You know, and my husband, Sammy, I'll totally give his name. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a dad of, uh, of one and he's uh, 18, 17 months old, whatever he is. He's, I'm still, in that phase where you, I guess, should give the months, but I'm I'm so ready just to say he's two or he's three. I just love the fact that he's, like, even if he's 18 months, he's already in, like, a two or a three top level. Yeah, he's a big kid. He's he, He's a big cute. kid. Uh, so one thing that caught my ear recently, and I think it's so important, because we actually, it was either an episode or two ago, we talked about how the grace message is so um, prevalent for people that don't know Jesus yet. Mm-hmm. But, and while we do a great job of that, we don't necessarily talk about that to Christians all the time or, or bring clarity to what if I've known Jesus my whole life, grew mm-hmm. up in church. I mean, in, and not just grew up in church. I mean, literally like have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, but then I mess up mm-hmm. whether it's big time or habitually an addiction. Yeah. And so we kind of cover that a couple episodes ago. And one one way that you might find yourself, and I think this this really helped me, is what if I either feel this way or am this way um, away from God? Mm. 
we've talked about before, I, I've heard it said, there's a difference in your position in Christ and your condition in Christ. Right. And position doesn't change. You're saved. If, right. you're, if you believe in Jesus as your Savior and he's the only way, you're, you're saved. But your condition is that up and down, how yeah. close you are to God. And sin will take us you know, out of community with him. I've heard it put that way before. And um, the, the feeling or literal sin getting in the way of your relationship with God, mm-hmm. and what does that look like when you want to get closer to him again? And I heard something I've never heard put before, mainly because I don't really read Revelation a lot, um, but this is so good. This is a message to, I think this is to the church in Ephesus, in uh, Revelation 3, and it's Jesus talking, and it says this, I know all the things that you do. This is right at the beginning of the chapter. I think this is technically starting at the second part of verse 1. I know all the things that you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first, mm-hmm. hold to it firmly, repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. And, you know, one phrase of how to say that, return to the first works. Mm-hmm. And now these people seem like they have, it's, I've heard another translation say, you, you, didn't, you don't love me like you used to mm-hmm. when they first became believers. And to return to that message, return to the first works, And one way of doing that is to, when you feel close to God, when you look back at your life and you were walking in step with him, Mm -hmm. what was going on? What were you doing? Maybe you were attending church more regularly. Maybe it's a time, I know for me, when it cools down, beautiful weather, I love connecting with God outdoors. I just, I, I find myself it's a way truly to get away from the distractions. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think I hear him better and, and read scripture better and everything. And, but it could be anything. Maybe you were leading worship at the time or playing guitar or you were, or whatever. And I think that that's a really encouragement. Now, now this is, I mean, I think a pretty serious context too, because that would apply to come back to what you first believed if you're living in sin again. Yeah, that's specifically what it's addressing, isn't yeah. it? So it's not even the feeling that I've come away. It's a clear obstruction here that uh, because of my actions. I'm sinning. And yeah. I'm, ca- I'm the one who's kind of causing the feeling, regardless mm. of my status in him. Um, is is that what you're saying? Well, it's both. I, I mean, because I think for you to, I mean, what if you... If it's not a blatant sin, mm-hmm. I guess I should say, because I think it's, I think some is pretty clear. If you're in the middle of an affair oh, or something yeah. like that, you need to turn back to realizing it's wrong and yeah. repent about that. And when you first believed in Jesus on why you knew stuff like that was wrong. But let's just say you haven't gone to church as much as you did. Right. You've just been busy with work. You haven't read the Bible. Forgive me. Yeah. I meant what they're addressing in Revelation, though, specifically is in regards to sin. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we're taking it one step further and saying not just sin, but maybe you've become a passive Christian. I think it's a good phrase to, to say. Yeah. Your schedule's gotten in the way uh-huh. and it's just kind of run over you even in your devotional time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying kind of get back to that, yeah, those I, first thing. That's that's the advice that I had gotten recently. And yeah. I I, I, th- I think that it to, to go back and, and do those things to refresh are a good way of, of, I mean, what were you passionate about when you first believed in Jesus? 
Yeah. Or what were you passionate about when you were the most in step with him that you ever were? And you visited this with me earlier and you brought up the relationship with your wife. So you're mm-hmm. wanting to rekindle the romance. Maybe going back to that first yeah. restaurant that you took her out to. That and- first, you know, even even my parents, they, they'll go back to the, it's a Chinese restaurant in Clinton, Oklahoma. And they will, if it's still open, they, they will occasionally go back to it. You know, it's their first date yeah, is, yeah. Where, is where their first date was. Sure. And so stuff like that. You know, I think that's really cool. I do too. I will. And it's all throughout scripture. These, um, these Ebenezer's, these. That's true. Stones that get set up for people to remember and reflect. And yeah, what are those in your life? Um, whether they're in memory or an actual physical place or it's an action, like you take those walks in, outside in nature. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. In fact, that's, I think it's just. A, a totally different conversation, but Ebenezer's is how she phrased it the best. And this is one of those, we talked about Romans 14 last week about, we can feel differently on different things. So hear me out. Yeah. Tattoos. Okay. It's the best argument I've ever heard for tattoos. Really? She said, I consider these my Ebenezer's. Interesting. Okay. I only get things on, you know, on my arm. She had, she didn't have many. And who is this person? This is a person I used to go to church with. Okay. And, um, uh, well, what was her name? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but but she said... <laughs> well, keep it disclosed like my children. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And uh, so it was... Uh, oh, Dorcas, that's right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, she said, uh, I only get things that are meaningful in a spiritual way and what God has done in my life. Mm-hmm. And I like to, when it's my arm or... I can't remember how many she had and where they were, but she would remember what God has done in her life based on it always being there. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yes, yes. I, my brother's body is a roadmap, a roadmap for his relationship with God. <laughs> and I love it. He has a, an incredible, he has like Hebrew written on his body. Mm. Um, and he explains that everything's super meaningful. And now that's not everybody, but no. that they specifically are like, this is a time in my life that I, I, I want to look back on. And this is how I do it personally. And, yeah. and tattoos are, I mean... All of these cultural influences are all relative. Uh, there have been people that have come out and said, well, that's against what the word of God says because of this, that, and the other. But then there are, I mean, if, if you really want to go there, you could even go back to the law when it was given through Moses and the phylacteries that were written on mm. pieces of paper that you were to put on your body. So, I mean, like well, you could argue, you could argue things any which way. The point is, what is the heart of what you choose to do. And if the heart behind it is pure, God is only interested in the heart. That's kind of what I'm going over right now anyway, especially in regards to the law and circumcision. And if this is necessary, do I have to do things a certain way to match and and check your boxes? Can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah. Doesn't Jesus have a tattoo when he comes back? Does Jesus have a tattoo? Like, what are you talking I've, about? Are you talking about the scars in his hands? No, no. I'm going to have to look this up. Okay. You you start your thing and I'll come back to it at the very end so we can... Well, I will tell you in the book of Isaiah, it does say that our names are written on I his I think it's hand. in Revelation somewhere. Well, it could... You know what's really amazing is that all throughout the New Testament, you will find quotes from the Old Testament. Now, maybe this is a new one, whatever you're talking about. But uh, I, I was reading through, I think it was Second Corinthians the other day. And it said in a side note in my learning Bible, it says, Paul is quoting a famous Greek play right here. I was like, that's so cool that I, that it would share that. Huh. 
So that yeah, that is interesting because he would use he would use the outside culture to speak into the Christian community to kind of help them, you know, give give some perspective. Like if I brought up, uh, I don't know, a reference of God's chicken in a podcast and people immediately go, oh, she's talking about Chick-fil-A. Right, 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 right. Use something yeah. pop culture reference or something like that. Yeah, that's true. And, and we can't that. and we can't see that all the time because exactly. we're so far removed from it. Yeah. Uh, this is, I'll just say this real quick. This is what it says. It's it's uh, Revelation 19.16. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. Now, gotquestions.org says, some people have read this verse and concluded that Jesus has a tattoo on his thigh, and therefore tattoos are good and proper for all of Christ followers today. Okay. However, Jesus, well, they say was and is a Jew... Jewish law warns, so Jesus would have been under the Mosaic law, uh-huh. but would he be now? I don't know. That's a whole, again, that's just kind of a rabbit trail, well, but I think it's interesting to talk about. It is, and, and there may be something there in terms of armor that we don't know about, where you would wear your colors, your banners a certain way. Perhaps it was something that you would decorate your armor with on your leg. I or, don't know. Or, they're or, wrong. They're wrong. They're I wrong. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just keep all things open. Exactly. But again, that's just one of those. It's just kind of a fun. Yeah, it's go down. kind of fun. If you keep it fun, great. Otherwise, we get caught up in the stuff that Jesus was. He would just go in circles sometimes with the Pharisees. and stuff. Actually, let me take that back. Uh-huh. He would stay out the circle. He's not going to go and dance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this dance with you. If you have chosen to hang your belief system on these rigid, there's no way around it rules. That is not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many examples in scripture, we've shared about this before, even King David is a prime example when he goes in and eats the showbread. That's a no-no. That's Yeah, that's an interesting point. And King David is the guy that God says, this is a guy after my own heart. It's evidenced all throughout scripture. Jesus comes from the line of King David. He's kind of a big deal in history and is very, very loved. So with that in mind, does he not have the same love for you and I we literally came in a t- in the timeline that is this earth's timeline after Jesus. We are so privileged to have seen, to have borne witness to the things that we've borne witness to, to be able to read from the apostles. Like mm-hmm. even Jesus was saying, "We, you guys are seeing things that the prophets only were given visions about. Yeah. That the prophets yeah. wrote about. That's true. And you're experiencing it. And so how much further on down the line are we privileged? And I think sometimes I remove myself from that um, because I think, oh, they had it good. They knew Jesus. Because they got to, to yeah. yeah. I, I have the luxury of being able to read through all the things that have been written. In, uh, you know, my words, so many of the Gospels, I think, were written probably 50 years, 50, 80, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, between 50 and, uh, and, and 100 AD. John died in 100, 100 AD, and it was written, you know, they were telling everything and then yeah. somebody said well, we better write all this down probably a good idea and of <laughs> yeah. course there were a lot of the letters that were being written um to the churches to encourage them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and and those were not necessarily they're not narratives they're hey we heard your church is struggling mm-hmm. or hey let's encourage you because you're doing really good in this area or, yeah. or whatever but i guess i i didn't mean to ramble on i feel like i lost my point there a little bit but just that we get hung up on stuff and the point is to get hung up on Jesus, hmm. period, and never to consider ourselves less than less than loved. 
than the very apostles themselves who preached because we are very favored, very loved, and we're very blessed to to be able to read his word at any time. Yeah. And especially in the country we live in, in the United States, not be persecuted for it. We're very, very yeah. blessed. No, it's true. It's it's uh, it's a, a mild uh, annoyance that we deal with in terms of uh, people not appreciating Christianity here. Not persecution like uh, well, even other no, countries around the world currently still Absolutely. still have, but certainly the 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 past and what the apostles went through. Yeah, so. and you know, speaking of love, you know, I went over First Corinthians thirteen. I remember in high school, um, my my emphasis was always going to be in theater. I knew I wanted to be somehow involved in drama because I'm so not dramatic. Hmm. Okay. So, no, I wanted to be in drama, and I needed a monologue to go up in front of the class with. And I thought, well, what am I going to share in front of the class? And I remembered seeing this incredible interpretation of 1 Corinthians 13 poured out in a, a television miniseries. And the actor who played the Apostle Paul shared the love chapter in such a gorgeous way, 1 Corinthians 13. I'm like, I want to share that part of Scripture. Uh-huh. And I really had a, I, I enjoyed it and shared it. Got good comments afterwards. But the richness of that, it it does read like poetry to me, and it even looks as if it was assembled as a poem. Because if you look at the rest of the letter, you know, twelve and fourteen, even the chapters that surround it, like it's <laughs> it's indented in such a way. Like when you tab over <laughs> mm-hmm. when you're typing something out for a college paper or helping your children at the homework table, you tab over. It's all indented. It looks like poetry. It looks like Shakespeare. And uh, it it's so important that we read it and go over it and not just pick and choose everything, but like read it together as a whole. And so in the chapter leading up to the love chapter, it's talking about gifts that are given to the individuals in the church. And I think we all do the struggle of comparison thing. We we do the comparison thing. Uh, let me reword that. We compare ourselves to one another, and that is a struggle, a continued one. Yeah. Com- keeping up with the Joneses is a term for a reason. And nowadays we have social media to only make that comparison that much more magnified. Right, right. And so we do that in the church too. Well, not like that guy. That guy really does stuff. And Paul was really wanting to emphasize the most important gifts. And the very last part, actually, of 1 Corinthians 12, in talking about spiritual gifts and what what people do in the church, he says, not everyone can heal the sick. Not everyone can speak different kinds of languages. Not everyone can tell what these languages mean. I want you to desire the best gifts— so I will show you a much better way. That's the last verse before he goes into a chapter that reveals what true love looks like. Loving people well, serving them well. And this, I mean, just he's led up to this point to explain this is what the best gift looks like. And if I could just read through this and if I could speak all languages, is there anybody you know that speaks four languages? And I don't. I think I, I, I. They wouldn't be my friend. They're just you roll your they're, eyes. They're, they're, okay. way, they're way too above me. I think yeah. the actress Penelope Cruz speaks four languages. That's so impressive. I mean, <laughs> it, it really, really is. is. Yeah, it is. But they said if I could do all of that, and I could also speak, I could speak angelic language. So now we're getting into a place of I am talking with the celestial. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't know how to love others, then that doesn't mean anything. Now, this is my paraphrasing, okay? If I could prophesy, how many people have we seen? Now, this is not prophetic words. We don't believe that psychic abilities, per se, are prophetic. That That's something we just stay away from in Scripture, right? But we're talking about people who are given words from the Lord. It's not all necessarily laid out clearly, but it's impressions of what the Lord is, is sharing. Yeah. Let's say I have that gift, and I understand all secrets, all knowledge, all these things are revealed. Like that person in the room, if you need a source for biblical truth, you go to that guy or mm-hmm. that girl. Let's say you had that. You even had faith that could move the mountain. You want that sickness to be gone, poof, it's gone. Like mm-hmm. you had that. You'd be nothing if you didn't know how to love others. Like this is how important love is. The, the <laughs> base servant heart, that's what we're to, to be doing for others. And that is what's treasured above all in God's kingdom. What if I gave away all that I owned and let myself be burned alive? And that's not drama, is it? I'd gain nothing unless I loved others. So I've martyred myself. I've done everything right. I've done everything by the book. But I, like, did they know you as a loving person? Mm. Did they know you as a person who served? Mm-hmm. Love is kind and patient. I struggle with patience. But that's what love is. It's not jealous. It doesn't get upset, you know, when other people get the thing and you wanted the thing, you wanted the promotion. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. Even if you've done it in your heart, Jesus says. It's the same. So, yeah, all these things I've struggled with. Love isn't selfish or quick-tempered. This one, I think, ironically, I lord over people sometimes in conversation. It does not keep a record of wrongs. The irony that I lord that over people. Are you keeping a record of wrongs? How does (laughs) it... Apparently somebody is. I was going to say, isn't that the, isn't the pot calling the kettle black? Yeah. It, yeah. But it doesn't keep a list. I remember mm-hmm. back in the day. Have you ever done that in conversation with a spouse, with a family member, with a friend? You oh, brought man. up the past. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you, you were telling me that story about the baseball player. Yeah. The guy, um, I, was, I was listening to a Max Lucado sermon uh-huh. in 19... 19- 10 he was a baseball player so a long time ago but he had like a pretty good career for almost a decade but what did he do he dropped the ball in the world series and the other team won they won but he went on to have like he was a mayor at one point he was a successful rancher banker yeah but what the papers say when he died family guy yeah papers like uh, listed his name was this drop the ball dead at 86 yeah that's all it's at uh-huh uh-huh Oh, okay. So there's a record of wrongs. The record of wrongs, yeah. Um, but I, I skimmed over this too quickly. Love isn't selfish or quick-tempered. I've gone from zero to 100 in a second flat in terms of anger. Love rejoices in the truth. You ever want somebody to get theirs 
Maybe some gossip gets spread. Mm, it's kind of juicy. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. like that person anyway. They kind of deserved it. Yeah. I need to be rejoicing in the truth, not in evil. Love is always supportive. That, now, that doesn't mean whatever you want, I'm going to support you, and you do you. No, no, no. I mean, you can be supportive, but also help um, help a good friend, you know, and say, look, I, you know I love you. I will always have your back. I can't condone your decision making here. You know, th- Th- there's a difference. That is interesting because I was going to bring that up. I always like to bring that up because of our culture. But what was the line before supportive? I don't condone. No, 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 no. The the quality. Okay. Um, Love rejoices in the truth, but not in evil. And then it says supportive. So when we have, let's say I have a friend Mm -hmm. that I want to be supportive for. Yeah. And not that it was ordering these in order of importance necessarily, but I just think that's interesting that if I need to be supportive for a friend, but he comes to me and says, I just feel like God wants me to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to get a divorce and go get a sports car. I need to be supportive of truth first and give that truth to him in a very loving way. Well, I think that's true support, isn't it? Like there are these shoes that my husband was told, hey, you're a registered nurse. You're on your feet all day. This is going to provide good support for your back and mm-hmm. for your arches, and you're not going to have the pain that you're experiencing. They were super uncomfortable for a long time, mm, mm. and he had to adjust. That's a really good analogy. Because and when our, they did, it helped. Because right? our culture doesn't see it that way. Right. It is what you said. It is, well, love is being happy for me no matter what I choose. No. That, it's not. It's I, not. I'm not going to be happy for you off a cliff. No. Watching you fall off a cliff. But, the, you know, because it's such a long process of life, people don't see it as the cliff. But how do you express that you're still loving to that person? The, here's the answer. You are loyal. I can be loyal to you in, regardless of your choices. I will always love you. I mean, that's Jesus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I love you even before in Romans 5, 8. While we were still sinners, he died for me. So loyal, hopeful, and trusting. Can I ask a question? Sure. And this kid, and I'm not going to say specifically, because I think this could be taken a couple of different ways, but obviously uh, both, would, both would apply. Let's say you get invited to a wedding mm-hmm. you don't agree with. Okay. And you can take that a couple of different ways with sure. our culture. But am I the person who stands up right at that moment where they say, if anyone <laughs> objects, object. yeah. is that what you're saying? No, I'm, like you, that I would feel that way. Is it disloyal to go, to not go? Yeah, that's a Holy Spirit thing. I think there, you're right. I don't think you got any. I think there are some people that would say it's always this answer. Mm-hmm. Always yes or always no. And I really feel like with every individual, God looks at us as individuals and I love that we have the luxury through his spirit to do the same and treat everybody and say, Holy Spirit, will you walk this out with me? What in this moment do you need me to do? Because it's not even about them. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's always about Jesus. It's always about him. So what does he want me to do? And so how would you gauge that? Because we've had a lot of conversations with the people I've talked to of a different faith yeah. that... 
how would you gauge that? Because that can't be true for some things. Oh, okay. You know, I like mean, well, does God want me to go spend time in a strip club? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not a Holy Spirit thing. No. <laughs> so no. I, I think, I think perhaps, I mean, well, how would you answer? How, well, how do you gauge I mean, that? The two feel a little bit different to me because one is engaging in something that is going to be detrimental to my personal you know, like if I go into a strip club, that's mm-hmm. going to be a problem for mm-hmm. me and my spouse and, and my my brain and my head sure. space and all that stuff. Sure. If I'm going to a wedding where I object mm-hmm. to what's taking place there, this is, this is, again, something that it doesn't necessarily, it's not going to impact me per se. It's like I'm concerned for them. Right. Is that what you're saying? Well, but also with that, it's are you showing your approval by going? Again, I it's hard. It's like, hard. You're asking me to give you a, a a yes or no answer, and I'm saying I I don't know the couple that you're talking about. I mm-hmm. don't know this situation. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And you know, I have um, before he passed away, my uncle uh, lived a way that is not condoned by our Christian faith, and I love my uncle so much, and his friend. And, uh, you know, my my whole entire family decided we were going to go spend time with him. And some might even see that as condoning behavior. But we went into their home, which they openly, you know, welcomed us and greeted us and loved us well and served us. And it was it was lovely. And by just being there, allowing Jesus's light to be there in the midst of that set of circumstances, they knew that we were a safe place, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. They yeah. were nervous. We could tell at first, like, all right, are they going to come in here and condemn? Are they going to, the quote, damn us to hell? Is yeah. that what's going to happen right. here? Right. Um, it was an opportunity to serve them right back and love them and show them how to live by living well ourselves, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we were always a, a family that they would come to in regards to faith matters and things like that, they felt comfortable coming back. If you close that door, then um, that <laughs> the discussion becomes closed sometimes too. Now, sure, a prophet is also never welcome in their own hometown. Sometimes family members just get cut off because I mean that's just the way it goes. But uh, because you're speaking truth, it can happen that way. Exactly, and and that's not every situation. There are times where you feel debt like finite. I need to make a stand here. And I'm clear on what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I don't love you because I love you with everything I've got. But I feel that what is happening here can be very hurtful or painful later down the road. And I, I don't want to see you hurt. Yeah. And that may be received ugly. It, it may be received the way, um, quite frankly, social media that yeah. has shown it right. to, to be received. So Th- This doesn't necessarily answer the wedding question, but I think it's wisdom because... Um, in fact, we talked to, you can go back to the first podcast of this year. We talked to John Cooper of the band Skillet. And it's such a biblical answer because we'll get to what Jesus did. Yeah. But John Cooper goes on tours, Skillet goes on tours with mainstream artists all the time. Yeah. I've seen him with mainstream bands. And um, it's really cool that they're there. Yeah. Uh, but um, how do you be a light in a dark world, in, yeah. in, especially in that setting? And he said, well, I'll, I'll eat dinner with anybody. Mm-hmm. But, but, I'm not going to go hang out with this band while they're, he didn't say it, but while they're doing drugs on the tour bus at the end yeah, of the night. You yeah. know? And 
I think it's such a biblical example because you have Jesus hanging with sinners, mm-hmm. not sinning with sinners. Right. And you don't have him hanging out when they're doing the sinning. He's not hanging out with Zacchaeus when they're both, you know, stealing from yeah. the people. He's having lunch with them. Yeah. And I think that's the the point that we should make of, of making sure to clarify, we should be able to eat lunch with anyone. Yes. Paul clarifies that kind of behavior too. He's like, okay, so you are to be you know, alighted to the world, but don't be bringing that stuff back with you to the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And be careful about doing it outside because who people see you with and you're doing the same behavior. He's not saying you can't go eat with them, but mm-hmm. don't be live in that lifestyle. And a lot of people were saying, well, because Jesus saved us and we're free in him, we can do any of these things. And he's like, right. and then he has to address that. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, gosh, do we have to write out every little thing, like all the addendums for people? Because it's just... People will make exceptions. Well, you didn't say I couldn't do this. Well, I, I didn't tell you that you couldn't go become a pig either, right. but you shouldn't do that either. <laughs> but uh, it is interesting that if we... Um, I, I don't know why there's a different standard when it comes to the, the, the talk that we're having right now, but it is so clear in the list of Romans... Uh, when you read through the letter to the Romans, that Paul talks about sexual sin and he lines it up right with all the other stuff that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as I was reading through that stuff, I was like, Lord, I'm not necessarily guilty of this one, but I'm certainly guilty of that one. And if you are put, putting this actually even in, if we're looking at it linearly, it's before the sexual sin. <laughs> like, not that that, again, necessarily matters in terms of importance. Sure. Yeah. But you found it interesting. I did. I found it very interesting. Okay, so he abhors he, he abhors liars. This is not okay. How many times have I been guilty of this? Or even like the deception that we have come as a culture to embrace, like these little white lies or whatever will will glaze over, gloss over things in conversation so as not to hurt people's feelings, quote unquote, or whatever it is. Deception is deception, hmm. no matter how you paint it. And God is not on board with Anything that is not honest. Now, that doesn't mean you reveal everything. I'm not suggesting... Be an open book about everything? Oh, gosh, that shirt makes you look 12 pounds heavier. No, that's not what I'm saying. And then and then it's these people that follow it up with, I'm just an open person. If you can't handle it, you better walk away. And then you're just like, I'm going to walk away. I'm just, I'm just saying, if, we, if, if we're going to go down that path, then we have to... It's it's like all or nothing. And I, I think, again, God's like, I don't want you to live on a list path. List of this don't do's. List of this do, don't do's. I want you to live in the freedom that is the Holy Spirit, but you have to constantly be connecting into me to know exactly what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm connecting with the Spirit on these matters and saying, Lord, would you help me walk this out with a friend that I'm concerned about here? He's gonna. And you're gonna have clarity. But when you have the all or nothings, I think some people would say, no, you call a spade a spade. I think there's absolutely scenarios where you do do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. and don't compromise your, your belief system. Don't. Because Paul says, if you do do that, you're also sinning. Mm. Don't compromise what you believe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you don't have clarity either way, you're like, I need to take this to God, then do it, especially if in regards to a marriage that you may not be in agreement with. That, that's a big decision-making process. That's a covenant agreement. You know it's a big thing. Well, and let me let me give an example, because um, what I think, how I would answer the question, when is when is it a Holy Spirit thing and when is it, it's just easy, we just, we know or we don't know. Mm-hmm. 
we go back to Romans 14, the podcast we did last week, and it's not uh, issues that are specifically mentioned in mm-hmm. scripture so that you at that point just go by your conscience and a Holy Spirit thing of, sure. of what's, you know, sure. whether you celebrate certain holidays or, you know, whatever, uh, certain foods is specifically mentioning. Um, but there are other things that are just blatant and you would just go, if a scripture has a teaching on it, then you just, it's, it's black or white in, in that regard. We know yeah. murder's wrong, period. Um, this would be one of these examples that I like how you put it. You just, you're not, you don't have clarity on or however exactly you said mm-hmm. that. You don't, you don't know all the, the info. I have a friend that is dating a married woman, but I don't know mm-hmm. the timeline on if she is divorced. Okay. Uh, what the circumstances of that divorce are. Yeah. If they started, even if she is divorced, if they started dating before she was divorced, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't know that I don't know. Is he a Christian? Do you know that? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I don't know. Well, I, I, I'll say it this way. None of us truly know each other's hearts, right? (laughs) But while he would profess it, I do personally question because okay. of life choices. Okay. It would be going to a James, you know, faith without works is dead. I don't see the evidence that now it's possible that he just is legitimately has believed and then has just gotten away from it. Sure. Um, but I just I can't really answer, but I know he was he was raised this way. So, so is your question like, okay, so should, if they ever get married down the line, should I go there? Well, or? I, I think I just wanted to point to what you said is this yeah. is an example where I don't have all the information mm-hmm. and to really, truly assess, I would, I would need that information sure. to be able to say what's right or wrong. Cause I mean, let's just say this, let's say it was an abusive situation in her old marriage. Yeah. She got a divorce to flat out be safe. There was even attempts at reconciliation. Uh, they went to counseling. I mean, I mean, it, let's just, I, I'm just adding things on top of to make sure yeah. that that divorce is, it, she's good. She's out of there. And then they start dating. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, just no big deal. But but if they started dating before, even if some of that was going on, it, 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 if it, it's not the situation I described and she just wanted to be with somebody else. Yeah. You know, so you have a lot of it goes one way or the other. And I, I think I just want to make sure that the, to say an example where yeah. it's not black and white. Yeah. We, we would we would either need more uh, or keep our mouth shut. <laughs> You know, and I think it's important to point out why does God have rules in the first place? Mm-hmm. It's not because he's a hateful, vengeful God. It's because he's, he knows what's best. So let's go with the second scenario. Let's say she decided to be with this guy before she ended her marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, there's any number of reasons why somebody starts looking for love elsewhere. They don't feel um, edified enough in their own marriage or whatever. And so instead of going and seeking healing with her current spouse, now there's a third person in the mix, and that can cause all sorts of emotional decay and problems. Yeah. And, you know, we see it start to unravel at that moment. It's like, okay, so why are these rules set up in the first place for the best of all involved? The person, the third person now who's involved in this mess, how would they ever truly feel that they could trust the spouse who left their original betrothed? How would you ever be able to enter into a trusting relationship? So all these problems start to enter. And I think we always have to kind of look at it from instead of... The sin perspective, mm-hmm. God, why did you establish 
this in the first place, not to question it, but to go, Lord, I know that this is for our best. So I don't want to look at this as they're sinning over there. I want what's best for my children. Mm-hmm. That's what God is thinking. And this is not okay. Well, you. this is an example I couldn't quite remember a few weeks ago and I tried to share. I was listening to a podcast, it was mainstream, and she was talking about how she compares um, things that her current boyfriend or any current boyfriend does to the past boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And this individual uh, didn't get gifts as well as the past boyfriend did. Okay. And it's and it's hard. And that's just one of those things. Like, yeah, if you, if you date some people, things like that are going to happen. But this, it, the insidious part that can take place is this is why casual sex isn't God's plan. Yeah. To think back of to however many people you've been with and go, and there's no, by the way, there's no condemnation there if you're, if you're living uh, whatever lifestyle now, whether you're married or just, you know, you celibate or, or you're waiting abstinent. Uh, I'm just saying clearly that ongoing lifestyle isn't the plan because of such comparison. Mm. And living up to and well, you're just not like how you, who I used to be with. And and it, I mean, the, that would break me mm. if, if somebody told me that if my wife was like, you're just not quite what. Oh, God, you know, yeah. flowers are one thing and my wife wouldn't even bring that up, you know, right. but that that would just wreck me. Yeah. And to to say in this culture, again, I, I it's not any one person. And, and please don't feel condemned if this is if anything we're saying describes you. I'm saying the approval of the culture is what's so insidious because it's saying, well, this is it. You just do this. And people are unhappy. Mm. They're so unhappy because it's not God's plan. No. And it's it's uh, the last part of this beautiful passage. It, it, after listing all of the things that love isn't and what it is, it does remind us that love never fails. Mm. And it, it says about everything else that's fleeting, uh, everyone who prophesies is going to stop. Unknown languages will no longer be spoken. All that we ha- uh, know will be forgotten. We don't know everything. And our prophecies are incomplete. But what is perfect will someday appear. And what isn't perfect will then disappear. And when we were children, we thought and reasoned as children do. But when we grew up, we quit our childish ways. Now all we can see of God is like a cloudy picture in a mirror. And later we will see him face to face. We don't know everything, but then we will, just as God completely understands us. For now there are faith, hope, and love, but of these three, the greatest is love. And I think the last line of that uh, chapter reflects back to, now all we can see of God is like a cloudy picture in a mirror. We only see things in pieces. Mm -hmm. So why do we land above all else love? Because like you were sharing before, look, we're not condemning people. No, because that's not our job. When people one day, and it will happen, will be sent to either heaven or hell, mm-hmm. um, it was not uh, because they were sent there by God. It was because they have made choices that align with where they are being sent, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Well, they so, chose to reject You chose God. to reject God yeah. or you choose to align with God. And I, I do not have all the answers in regards to these things. There are plenty of things that I think a lot of, a lot of the way I grew up, many things were, oh, it's black and white. It just is or it isn't. And the more I've come to know the person of Jesus Christ, he, he is telling me 
to focus in on the grace part of his character, mm. the love part of his character, um, that it is unfailing for me. And if it's unfailing for me in regards to the way he loves me, can he not love through me others well? Yeah. And so that they can see that that, you know what, I can always count on Rochelle. We may differ in our belief system, but there's something about her I feel is a safe place. I can go to her. Yeah. Um, I think if we remain anchored to the only one that is never moving, we're going to be okay. And things may rub people the wrong way. Uh, if you attend a wedding that they don't agree with, you know, because you decided to quote, eat that meat that nobody else approved of because you were like, I had clarity in that moment. The Holy Spirit said, go, not because you're approving of that, but because I want them to see you in the audience that you, regardless of how strongly you made your point, showed up that you were there for them. I I mean, in those kinds of circumstances, I, I could see myself being in the congregation if the Holy Spirit is like, you need to go. And and I'll be honest, I I would feel the opposite. And, and yeah, I, I think, and, and here's the really incredible thing. If the Holy Spirit says to you, go, and your best friend tells you, I wouldn't do it, you would be in the same company of people like Abraham who went against everything he ever knew to a place called Ur when God sent him there, did not know this God. He heard a voice and knew it to be an authority. I need to go. He took his wife, his family, everything he owned, uprooted everything and left because nobody, everybody else would have called him crazy. How many times have we read that in the Bible story? So you may be the only person that does it and people may not line up and say, ooh, I'm totally in agreement with you. But if you feel that the Holy Spirit has said it, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And so I, you know, I may isolate myself in thought with speaking what I just shared, but it, I, there are, I'm not going to ever say, don't, what is it? Never say never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless God establishes it, establishes it thus. And maybe, maybe people feel like, well, he did in his word. But if, I feel like Jesus a lot of the time would come along and he would share, you have heard it said, but let me speak further into this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more truth. And I'm constantly unpacking truth with God, constantly. And so um, I want to always stay finite in him. But with the answers to tough questions, I'm going to hold things loosely because my knowledge grows every day of who he is. Yeah, And that includes what what does truth look like, Lord, in you in regards to this separate circumstance that is in regards to this individual, in regards to this particular day, <laughs> if that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah. I, I'm not perfect, though. I, I certainly mess up, and I don't know that that... Um, maybe tomorrow I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's it's It's, it's hard. definitely hard, because there are unanswered questions. And what, what, I, what I... And just to back up, literally, to, to all of it, you know, is God real? You get back to that basic question. Yeah. And we won't have all the questions answered. Yeah. But what is the most evidence we have of there being a God, period? Mm-hmm. And I love what one philosopher says. If um, anything that is created has a cause, mm-hmm. the universe was created. Scientists agree about that. Yeah. Therefore, the universe had a cause. I, I instantly go... Well, I believe that to be a God. Now, which God is it? There's a lot of religions. Yeah. And you find historical evidence in the Bible and you find 
so much there that while I don't have all my questions answered, right? I, why does bad? Why do bad things happen to good people? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or hard questions like, would you attend a wedding? I can say that I put my faith that this is the way. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, I think wherever you're at and you feel one way or another in your belief system, you have to go with what, which, with what Jesus is teaching you yeah. and telling you. And to also be careful and courteous to those around you who are of the same faith. And if they're doing something that, uh, first of all, if it's detrimental to their health, then yeah. Be bold. It, tell them. Yeah. But if, if it's something that you're like, they're on this journey with me. They're seeking after Christ. I see evidence of that in their life, and they've made a choice different than what I would choose. Be very careful about the judgment thing. That, you and, know. and I, I want to say again, I think because to because I want to have a whole conversation on that, but I would just say, would you go back and listen last week to Romans fourteen? Because mm-hmm. this is exactly the type of things we're exactly. talking about. And Paul talks about it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And man, I, I love how he will bring up a thing and then he'll answer his own question that he just posed. And then he'll speak as if he's answering the people that have probably asked another question after he answered the question. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It, that's why we, I, I feel like it's so important that we land on the firm foundation that Jesus, that who Jesus is and all this other stuff, we're going to, we're going to journey together. And if we land on that foundation, which is what love. He said, "The greatest of these is love." If we land there, I think we're gonna we're we're gonna be okay. Yeah, we. What do we say this week? It's uh, we can get on the same page. Yeah. Even if we're on a different different line. line. I love that. Uh, thank you for hanging with us. Keep in mind, there is um, actually we just did a, a worship night last Thursday. Adore worship at yes. hopeondemand.com. Get your worship on. Get your worship on. It's all right there. Hopeondemand.com. 